Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga review episode. It is Bakukul Reap Ember the 8th. My name is Adam and today I'm going to give you my review of the Practically Complete Guide to Dragons by RPG Team Wizards. That's literally the byline that they provided. Now I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this YouTube channel and invite you to consider becoming one if you haven't yet or if you're curious. There's a link in the description below. You can always pick up Dragonlance Gaming Materials using my affiliate link including this book as well. Now not to tip my hat, um, but this is not good. So if you don't want to watch someone complaining about a book that was clearly not written for them, you don't need to watch this. <laughs> Just Usually that's not the good thing to do on a review. It's like, ah, skip it. But you could skip this. I mean, I'm just being fair. The only reason why I'm even recording a review for this is because I'm a completionist at heart. And so I have to. Just for my own sense of well-being in, in my messed up Dragonlance-infused brain. So there it is. All right. So this is my perspective only. If yours differs, that's okay. Let me know. If you enjoyed this I would love to hear why. If you enjoy these types of books, I would love to know why. Because I, I don't get it <laughs> at all. This is a complete quick read stinker. Okay, so let's get into the review. And, and this isn't going to be like the previous reviews I've done for different books. Novels. Meaning, I'm not going to go and give a pre-written review because that's not really what this is. I'm going to give you my thoughts and then I'm going to give you a sort of a back and forth between what Wizards of the Coast is proposing is in this book versus what is actually in this book. And that's going to wrap it up. So it's a Friday. I've got a tall-ass glass of Pinot Noir, which is, um, eh, it's okay. And I have nothing else going on for at least an hour. So let's uh, chat for shorter than that, <laughs> shall we? Okay, so... <clears throat> This is actually a compilation plus, meaning they took three books, A Practical Guide to Dragons, written in 2006, A Practical Guide to Dragon Writing, released in 2008, and A Practical Guide to Dragon Magic, released in 2010. Took those three, which are all Dragonlance novels wrapped in the D&D wrapper, and combined them together, got rid of all the excess crap that doesn't really mean anything, and then added in extra content, so they say. I never read those original three books, and so I have no basis of comparison. All I know is this, and all I can compare it to is every source book ever released by Star Wars under Disney's control. Hollow, empty of soul, and really pointless. But let me tell you how I really feel about it. So this is all framed around a character called Sindri Suncatcher. If you look, or if you watched any of my reviews or read any of the new Dragonlance Adventures stories, then you know that this is a Kender wizard. You can see him right on the cover there talking to a dragon. Um, this Kender wanted desperately to be a wizard. He was infused with dragon magic and then showed, uh, started using that magic. Uh, he went under the tutelage of this evil sorcerer named Madoc who is actually, that is the time period that this is written in. So it's him apprenticing under an actual wizard in the era between the Blue Ladies' War and the Chaos War. I think that's the era that this is set in. So, well, no, it's before that. So this is between the War of the Lands and the Blue Ladies' War. And I know that because Raceland Majir is still around, so the Legends hasn't happened yet. 
Uh, but he is in charge of the Tower of Planthus. So, I don't know. The timeline is a little mixed up. <laughs> but anyway, it's after the Wardlands, before Summer Chaos. So, the whole concept of a Kender wizard is a misnomer. It makes zero sense. First of all, the Orders of High Sorcery forbid it. And second of all, they just don't have the natural aptitude for it. They're like, you know, crazy dogs looking at squirrels. They, they, they bounce around. They don't have the, the concentration necessary for it. And you could make the argument that in anyone's personal D&D campaign, you could make a Kender Wizard and have it work. Hey, that's your house. You do whatever the hell you want in your house. But when we're talking about Dragonlance campaign setting, it's a no-go. There will never be a Kender Wizard. This only passed because it was released in a time when no one was really looking. <laughs> no one cared about the franchise of Dragonlance anymore. Wizards of the Coast was just pumping out garbage after garbage. And I'm kind of at a place in my Dragonlance lifespan, I should say, where there's more bad than good at this point. And I say that knowing that there is really good stuff in Dragonlance. But when you have an era where Wizards of the Coast, the owners of the IP, are basically saying, we don't care, let the community that exists try to make money off of it because we're clearly unable to do so. And then you just see people rehashing old content, not just Wizards of the Coast content, but rehashing old adventures for new additions. You know you're at a point of cannibalism and pointlessness. If you really wanted to play old modules, they exist. Just go play them. I don't understand that. Like, everything is being rehashed in a worse wrapper, in a worse system, for a game that no one really is adhering to anymore because the mechanics aren't there to make that game make sense anymore. So, I'm going to stop ranting like an old man to saying to young kids to get off his porch or his lawn, but it's kind of where my head is at. Um, it goes through the description of all the different types of dragons on Kryn, because, of course, he's on Kryn. But it's not framed as a Dragonlance book. And so what you're presented with is a Dungeons & Dragons, as in 5th edition, the current edition of Dungeons & Dragons source book, but only through the lens of Dragonlance content and perspective, which is a very strange wrapper to be wrapped in. Dragonlance doesn't have the vast scope of dragons that a lot of the other settings or just the prime material worlds have, right? We're very much restricted to what is in the fictional novels and what is in the game supplements. And it's, it's infinitely less. And what's frustrating is that if you're going to then present this as if it's only showcasing dragons that are present on Kryn, they're missing the Amphidragon, which is a strange thing to miss because that's a great dragon. Why would you skip that one and include all the others? So it includes all of the chromatics and metallics and it talks about Takesis being Tiamat and it talks about um, uh, Paladine being Bahamut, which I don't care. Like if they've already mixed the worlds together at this point, so that it, it's done, like fine. If that's what you wanna believe, then that's what you wanna believe. What I did love about this particular novel that they had screwed up in the player's handbook was in the player's handbook, they said that dragonborn were draconians. 
which is an insane notion to anyone who's ever read anything about draconians because they're not the same at all. Like, not just the genesis of them, but the actual mechanics of them are completely different. In this book, they actually differentiate the two. And so you can make the argument that this isn't just a Dragonlance book because they do add in elements that are not in Dragonlance like Dragonborn. Again, your home games or whatever the hell you want them to be, have fun, do your thing. But for the campaign setting, it, it's illogical. There are no Dragonborn. So I don't understand why you would include it if you're going to limit it in the way you did, which they did. They very much limited it. Um, what else here? Oh, they, just as a uh, sort of interesting aside, they have a QR code at the very back, which you know asks for feedback. So I scanned the QR code, and it's a survey about Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen. So it gives you like two questions about this particular book abstractly. You assume it's about that book. But then it just goes into Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen and Dragonlance Warriors of Kryn board game. Like that's the actual <laughs> where the QR code takes you. So either... They just kept the same QR code from Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen, or they know that this is so intimately tied together with Dragonlance that they're just going to include all 5e Dragonlance references in one QR code survey. I honestly replied to it. I don't expect anything to ever come of it, but I took the time and I did it anyway. Because again, I am hollow inside unless I complete things. <laughs> it's just a default of my own. All right, so ultimately reading through this, uh, Sindri is making constant references to his own personal interpretations of things, his own experience with different types of dragons or his wishes of experiences with different types of dragons, uh, what Maddox says about dragons versus what he has observed. Um, and it's all really framed around the idea that this is a journal that Sindri Suncatcher is keeping about the knowledge of dragons that he's garnered from Maddox or Maddox Library or his own firsthand experiences. So this is not a meaty volume, meaning there are no game statistics. This is all pure role-playing fodder. So it's all just generic impressions of different types of dragons. One thing that really kind of bothers me that it did... Hey, Jeff, how you doing, man? Um, you probably should skip it if you haven't heard of it. <laughs> You're not missing out. Um, one thing that kind of bothered me... Well, another thing that kind of bothered me about this is that the, the presentation of dragons and what they look like has changed dramatically from first edition or from basic edition to fifth edition. And I'm sure they'll keep the fifth edition version for the 5.5 or sixth edition that's coming out next year. Um, but the appearance of dragons being this universal construct of each type of dragon is a monolith and thus they all look the same kind of bothers me a little bit, but it's so far away removed from anything that was in first edition. And in my mind, and arguably second edition, and in my mind, that is what Dragonlance is, because that's what it came out of, that it doesn't even feel like Dragonlance dragons at all. It doesn't even really mention the dragon awe, which... I mean, it, it does this like one-liner abstract thing where Sindri is like, and uh, everyone else seems to be affected by some sort of fear, but I don't know what that means. And so it just sort of dismisses the whole idea of dragon fear. 
But that's a major thing that separates Dragonlance dragons versus every other world of dragons, is the dragon fear. Uh, it's a huge part of the power of dragons. So I thought that was a little bit strange. They didn't include, include any sort of uh, sketches like Elmore made about, you know, the Dragonlance and dragon seats, like the, the harness and everything for a dragon so that you could actually ride a dragon. It doesn't address that at all. And the sketches already exist, so I don't understand why you wouldn't just pull them in. And then some of the sketches are, look like they're reused from third edition, which I personally think is garbage. I, I can't stand the look of third edition sketches in all of their books and stuff. I thought that was a, a huge sea change for Dungeons & Dragons style, and I think it was m for the worse. I mean, it's just straight up ugly. It, it's not inviting. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like images of uh, Keith Parkinson or Larry Elmore and stuff like that, where it's like these beautiful visual images of, of creatures, and instead we get these like crappy sketches I don't know. I, I just, the whole thing left a really, really bad taste in my mouth. Not to mention, it's a very short book. So for this source book to have compiled three different source books and then added extra content in and still have it be as tiny as it is, what's the point? I literally wasted my money. That's what I feel like. I, I wasted my time and my money and I lost a little bit of my soul. Like it just sapped, I felt it draining as I was reading. That's what it was like for me. Uh, they bought someone else's book and stamped DL on it. Well, the original of those three were all Dragonlance 2. So they just reformatted existing material and then supposedly added some more in. So enough of my complaining uh, for at least two and a half seconds. This is what Wizards of the Coast said was in the book. Quote, The Ultimate Dragon Lover's Guide part field guide, part illustrated storybook, a practical complete guide of, to dragons is the invaluable resource for D&D fans and dragon lovers of all ages. Hear from the experts about the types of dragons you'll encounter as you play. What experts? You have a kender. Kender are known for tall tales. If you were looking for a reliable source, you would never, never go to a kender. So why they're the storyteller and this is framed as a reliable source is already a misnomer. But on top of that, this is an invaluable resource. You get more information about dragons from the monster manual than you do from this, literally. There, anything that has to do with dragon magic is like a page and it's abstract in its presentation. So no specific details about anything, just oh man, dragons have magic and they can sometimes imbue other people with magic and that's it. So where's the actual knowledge that you're trying to impart? Um, it's not a field guide. It is definitely an illustrated storybook for kids, but it's only if those kids have no experience with Dungeons and Dragons and don't really want to learn anything about Dungeons and Dragons because it doesn't give you any information about it. So it's even in that it's hollow. So next, delve into undiscovered lore taken from the wizard Sindri Suncatcher's personal notebooks. This book entrusts readers with the mystical secrets of Dungeons & Dragons' most revered creatures. Discover where a black dragon incubates its eggs. Experience the magic of a copper dragon's lair. Learn the language of dragons and more. Now, there are no secrets shared here. It is interesting because they do have a draconic alphabet and they have some phrases 
that you can say in draconic language, but it's not robust enough to actually be like a language tutorial or anything. It's just, here's how, here's these phrases in draconic. So just parrot them back. Um, and, you know, again, like the symbols and stuff, there's no like translation for speaking. It's just symbols for writing. And then the phrases are all in, you know, the Arabian alphabet, which we all use. And so we're using that as a basis of reading draconic. So the reading and writing is completely separate and it's just incomplete and lacking. I suppose if you just wanted to make a draconic language tattoo, then you could, and that would be worth the book, maybe. But, I mean, it's just a straight-up lie. A treasure trove of draconic insight. Both new and experienced dungeon masters will uncover a wealth of knowledge in this extensively researched guide. No, that's a lie. It is not extensively researched. It does not have extensive amount of information. No dungeon master who has read the Monster Manual will gain any new insight from reading this book. Lavishly illustrated. In this carefully detailed tome, behold magnificent dragon art, drawn by some of the most talented fantasy artists of today. While I will never shit on an artist. Some of these are better than others, I'll say that. The sketches, I'll shit on those because they suck. They're just sketches. But actual pieces of art, like that cover piece, it's good art. It's not like the masters, but it's good. It's good. Better than I could do. Turn the page and let your imagination soar as you marvel at the majesty of these winged beasts. No. No. So, really, that's, that's kind of it. That's the extent of this. This is a rehash that gives you no actual information. And if, if these are three original books that this is taken from are this hollow, this is literally just a pathetic cash grab. And they duped me. Don't let them dupe you. They didn't announce this anywhere. The only reason why I found out about this is because I saw someone else post it on a D&D forum. Yeah, old school forums. They still exist. And I was like, ooh, this is interesting. I'll get this and, you know, have a mail time episode and I'll make a review episode about it. And boy, did I waste my time and money. Um, this is complete and utter garbage. But that is my review. So <laughs> there you have it. Stay away from it. Don't waste your time or money. And just read the Monster Manual if you want to know about dragons. <laughs> or read a Dragonlance novel. Because even though I would say 75% of the Dragonlance novels are kind of garbage, there are some really good ones. So read one of those and you'll feel better about yourself. Or at least your time spent. And that is it for my review of the Practically Complete Guide to Dragons by RPG Team Wizards. The, uh, <laughs> the role-playing game company that doesn't really care they just want to make money on new additions well great <laughs> what did you think of these field guide style books are they worth your time and energy or are they worth the energy to create them and finally did you enjoy the new Dragonlance adventures stories you can email me at info at dlsaga.com or leave a comment below I will take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click the like button. This all goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. Once again, this channel is all about celebrating the wonderful world of the Dragonlance Saga, so thank you for joining in the celebration. My name is Adam with Dragonlance Saga, and until next time, Slanjavar.